I'm Lori Hellman, an Indiana warrior mom who has navigated the autism world for 16 years and counting. My hope is to unite autism families by sharing experiences and taking a deep dive into this puzzling disorder. So thanks for joining me on Living the Sky Life, our autism journey. I'm so excited for my first conversation with an autism dad. My friend, Scott Weitzel, grew up in my hometown of Marshall, Michigan, and our families actually spent a lot of time together over the years because his younger siblings were on the same competitive dance team as my sister and me. Scott is an actor, writer, and producer in West Michigan and shares his experience raising his 23-year-old son, Travis, who Scott says is on the border of very high-functioning autism and Asperger's. Travis loves playing video games, especially playing virtually with his two brothers, and is a very happy-go-lucky kind of guy. So please enjoy my conversation with Scott Weitzel. So I'm on the podcast today with a friend of mine I've known pretty much since childhood. <laughs> Scott Weitzel is a guest of mine today. We're from the same hometown. And um, I learned years ago that Scott has a son on the spectrum who is now an adult. So um, welcome, Scott, to Living the Sky Life. Well, I thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, when I reached out to, to you about being on the podcast, um, I have questions like I mentioned to you before about all the things, um, particularly with your son, Travis, who is 23. Yeah. Um, and that end of the spectrum of age, um, we are not there yet. But um, mm -hmm. as I've talked on several episodes, I know that that time is creeping up for us. And right. I'm just so curious about the services. And I, I know you're in Michigan and there's you know differences in each state, but I'd love to touch on all of that. Um, but but okay. first, I kind of just want to hear about Travis's diagnosis and his childhood and when you kind of figured the whole autism thing out for, for him. Right. Okay. Um, well, he was just over three when we got the, uh, the diagnosis, the official diagnosis. Um, he, he had been hitting all of his markers up until about two and a half or so. Um, you know, just, he was laughing and playing with his older brother and, uh, actually, um, just hitting everything really well. Um, is, it wasn't until, like I said, about two and a half um, that my mom actually thought something was up because Trav's verbal skills were uh, pretty, pretty delayed. Um, and that seemed to be the only thing really that we might have been noticing were a little off with him. Uh -huh. um, but it, after probably six months of my mom uh, Kind of, kind of hounding us to get something done, trying to figure out what's going on with him. Uh, we went to uh, Kalamazoo and um, got the uh, got the diagnosis. Um, like within a couple of hours, we took. Oh, to, really? Yeah. Um, so it was it was a challenging time um, because, you know, I, unfortunately in that point in my life, I really, really suffered from the male ego <laughs> and the whole, the whole, Oh, there's nothing wrong with my kid. What are you talking about? You know, um, that, that was, that was really the bigger problem was me <laughs> than, than him. Um, 
it's so interesting to hear you say that. Would you say it's because, you know, you have two other sons, um, both kind of sandwiching around Travis. You have Nicholas, who's 25, right? right. And then Derek is 19. Yeah. So with Nicholas being two years older, you mm -hmm. saw him do all of the things and probably was talking at an early age, like probably most of the Weitzel family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And singing and acting and you know, all of that at right. age two. Um, did that, is that what affected you? You think a little bit with Travis not, not speaking and you know i hadn't thought about those those pieces of the puzzle being put together but now that you mention it i you know that probably probably had a lot to do with it i mean yeah my entire family you know we're just incredibly outgoing we're talkative people um very theatrical and um you know we that's just who we are <laughs> and um having travis in this in the shell um was yeah, yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Really. All right. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I'm there kidding. we go. <laughs> Where was his diagnosis? Was it at Western or? Um, um, it actually was in Bronson. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there was a neurologist there. Um, I don't know if he's still there or not. And I can't, I fail to recall his name at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, we took him there. Um, but again, upon the recommendation of my mother. Um, yeah. So. Oh, well, yeah, it's interesting, too, that um, I, I've heard from a lot of people and in our initial, it wasn't a for sure diagnosis, but a neurologist is who shared with us that he thought Skyler was on the spectrum, too. Um, mm -hmm. Our official diagnosis came from a psychiatrist um, group. But okay. yeah, I'm just I'm always interested to see if it's pediatricians who really are the ones pressing the autism diagnosis or neurologists or psychiatrist yeah. psychologist it's i guess it's coming from all directions at this point which is a good thing it is a good thing yeah i i'd be curious about that too cuz you know 20 years ago um it just just was on the cusp of being a thing being recognized as the the issue that it is now <laughs> um but it hadn't quite gotten there yet so we were still kind of uh I don't want to say backburnered, but um, we were just, oh, you know, he's he's autistic, so there you go. You know, there right. wasn't wasn't a lot of information or support or anything at, at that time. Um, we since had found um, a whole bunch um, because it became more more mainstream and people were willing to talk about it a heck of a lot more. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So after his um, diagnosis, did you guys um, reach out and get speech therapy or what was the next step for you once you kind of identified that there was an issue, a delay? Um, yeah. What, what did you guys, what were you able to find? Um, really the only thing we were able to do at that time, because it was the only thing that was offered, was speech therapy. Um, and we tried to do some occupational therapy also um but he really didn't need that so much his motor skills and everything were just fantastic and he uh, um honestly short of the uh the verbal delay um he was a social kid um so i our situation is so different than a lot of uh, people that I have talked to um, in that 
Trav is a very, very high functioning autistic person. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just on the autistic side of Asperger's. Okay. Um, So that should help put that in perspective a little bit of where we are. Um, Because, uh, yes, he does kind of cocoon himself with his video games and his, uh, his music headphones and whatever, but when he is engaged, he's engaging. Um, right. So, yeah, our, our situation as far as that is concerned is, is a lot different than a lot of the stories I hear. Um, and a lot of the things some of my friends who are going through the same thing are going through. Um, but uh, he was delayed in the speech. We tried the speech therapy. Um, and it really, just because it was a delayed speech thing, mm-hmm. um, the speech therapy didn't really help because he enunciates his words. Right. He's, he's good <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Um, so, yeah. He knew uh, how to he knew how to speak and knew how to do all those things. He just was choosing not to, right? <laughs> For a right, little while. Right. <laughs> and you know what? Some of that I do blame on his older brother. Because, Probably. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick found out um, at, well, actually, I think it was Trav found out at a very early age that uh, Nick liked to talk, and Nick did a lot of talking for him. Um, right. So, you know, things like you, just something simple like, Travis, would you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Um, well, he doesn't like jelly. And Nick would say, he doesn't like jelly. So, you know, that <laughs> Trav didn't really ever have the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> to talk very much that's pretty normal i think for most older siblings i mean didn't you speak for your your brother and sister (laughs) oh man i learned very young not to (laughs) (laughs) i should mention for people who don't obviously uh know scott that he has twin brother and sister jennifer and brandon so uh (laughs) who i grew up with and uh yeah it was always the the weitzel three so uh, (laughs) so um i do know too you know as you mentioned that his speech came along and um, he's on the just shy of Asperger side of autism. Um, yes. I know that he was, was he mainstreamed all through school? I mean, he was always in traditional classrooms and all of that, right? Uh, they did a really good mix with him. Um, oh, he that's did, good. Yeah, he did a lot of special ed stuff. Um, and we were very, very blessed through his school career to have just incredible teachers in that in that school district that we're in um just starting out from the pre-k stuff all the way up and even his his kindergarten teacher um followed him all the way through school and still still checks in with me to see how he's doing Um, i love that yeah yeah she's a sweetheart definitely she's one of his angels he's had several but she's definitely uh one of if not the first um and uh yeah um did he have trouble adjusting like once you leave elementary and you get into middle school i mean obviously it's totally different set set up from elementary to middle school and then high school yeah did he struggle with the transitions or did he was just his normal self and didn't care (laughs) yeah i that was that was pretty much it it was he was his normal self and really didn't care um Another real blessing that we had in that school system was that he was set up with these older 
uh, he called them buddies. I don't know if it was actually the program buddy program or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but they were a couple of grades older and they would, uh, they just kind of took to him and sat with him at lunch and introduced him to people. And that's, um, yeah, that take him to things like movies and, and the dances and whatever. Um, he was just, uh, he was integrated really, really well. Um, it really kind of brought tears to my eyes when he graduated and his name was called and everybody stood up and applauded. It was, just, <laughs> it was so sweet. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Did he have the buddy program just in high school or did it, did it follow him through the older it, grades, like middle it school? Followed him. Yep, it oh, followed I him. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so good for neurotypical kids too. Anyway, just to, not just to befriend, you know, kids that are special needs or or whatever, but it just teaches empathy on the one side and guarantees a friend for our oh, kids. Definitely. And I'm sure he looked forward to going to school to see his friends. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Yep. I there I don't remember even one time he didn't want to go to school. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just amazing. I'd love to meet him. I've seen pictures of him, but I, I would love to meet him sometime. He's, he's a goofy kid. He's, he's a cool kid. <laughs> Definitely. He is. He is. He's got, he's absolutely got the biggest heart. And what's funny is I quite often call him my lowest maintenance child. Because, um, <laughs> because he's just, he's chill, man. He goes with the flow. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Now, does he, um, what does he do uh, now during the days? And Is he employed or does he... Um, I still, yeah, he actually lives with his mother. Okay. Um, his mom and I aren't together anymore. Right. Um, and he, uh, um, every, I think for three days a week, he volunteers down at an organization downtown, um, that, uh, is, it's called the share center. Um, and I'm, I'm really fuzzy on what he's doing there. Um, but I know he really enjoys going. There's a shuttle that comes and picks him up every day that he goes. Um, so he's, he's out there doing things. Yeah. Is he pretty routine based? Like he, you know, the bus is always coming at a certain time and a certain day he goes to his job, he does his job and then he, you know, goes home. To a very small extent, I think more than routine because he's, he's been flexible. Um, Yeah. The the thing about him is, though, if things, uh, when you wake up in the day, the daily schedule can change from day to day for him, and he doesn't have a problem. But once that schedule's laid out, then then there's a problem if that gets changed. Um, you know, if, I, if I'm supposed to pick him up at one o'clock and he's been told at eight o'clock in the morning that I'm coming to pick him up at one o'clock and something happens, I get called into a meeting or my car breaks down or whatever. And I call him and say, Hey, Trav, I'm going to be a little late. He doesn't freak out necessarily, but he's like, Oh, okay, well, what do I do now? You know, what, <laughs> you know, give me some direction because all of a sudden now my plan's thrown off. Um, so that's more where he's at. Gotcha. So with, you know, growing up with an older and a younger sibling, how did everybody, you know, intermingle in your, in your household, your original household? I know there's more kids at play now with your um, current marriage, but um, how did the boys all get along and play together? 
Um, you know, it was really kind of fun to see because they had the the real typical sibling relationship, you know, everything from the, the brotherly bond to the rivalry stuff. Um, <laughs> and what was hysteric, well, not hysterical, but really interesting to watch as they grew up was, you know, we can pick on him because he's our brother. But if, any, if anybody else did, oh my gosh, they both of them, both Nick and Derek, I mean, to this day, if anybody picks on Trav, they really, they, they got, they have issues. <laughs> so. That's how you hope it is, you know, yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. Supporting each other. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, maybe it's different because it's a girl and a boy in my house, but I, I just, you know, I, I touched on it recently in an episode. My daughter is just getting to the point where she's verbalizing that she's resentful a little bit of oh, autism okay. just in general that she, and of course it's the teenage girl mind that everything revolves around autism and her brother which is not <laughs> right. true right but in her opinion it is you know she is just totally ignored <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah. She, you know and you hate that as a parent you try to give i mean especially with three sons you try to give your time to each one of them and right you know, I'm sure it's a struggle or was a struggle too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe if, if I were going to crawl into any of their heads, uh, the one that it's been a struggle for would probably be Nick, my oldest. Um, because yeah, Trav did get a lot of attention, um, because of the autism thing and, you know, trying to work Trav through things as he was growing up. And Nick, being the oldest, who had a pretty good gig for two years, being the only kid, and all of a sudden has this, you know, this situation thrown at him. Um, and then with the youngest, Derek, you know, he's my, he's my theater kid. So here I am uh, spending all this time with Trav, trying to work with his issues, and then spending all this time with Derek, uh, you know, in the theater stuff. Um, I think if anybody has any, any resentfulness at all, it'd probably be Nick. Um, but there again, I'm, I'm, uh, now I'm doing the speaking for Nick as opposed to Nick doing the speaking for anybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, but, it's, it's normal to observe as a parent just to kind of see that stuff from a distance. And I mean, what is Nick involved in? What is he doing now? And what does he like to do? Um, well, you know, all three of them are really into the video game thing. Um, so that's, that's really what they like to do in their spare time. They're always online gaming, um, which together, like with each other, yeah, that's a foreign yeah. world to me. So <laughs> I know it is me too. Um, they, they, they do do it together. And what's really cool is Derek is all the way up at Houghton at Michigan tech. Oh, okay. Um, so they're still getting together quite a bit online and playing together. So that, that part's really cool. Um, so yeah, I forgot where I was going with all of no, that. No, so does, <laughs> does he, is he still around town too? I mean, oh. does he work somewhere? Or does he get to see Travis very much? You know? Yes, actually they, Nick has recently moved back in with his mom. Oh, okay. Um, Cause he's in a, just a little bit of a transitional point in his life. Okay. Um, he, um, yeah, so he gets to see Trav all the time. So, well, that's good. So, do you foresee um, Trav 
living independently someday and, and kind of, you know, moving into other stages of his life, maybe yeah. getting married or any of those things, or do you just, you're not really sure? I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about the whole, you know, him having a relationship part. I know he would, he'd thrive in a situation like that because he's such a kind, caring person. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, as far as his daily routines are concerned, um, I could see him living in, in some form of an assisted place. Uh -huh. Um you know, not so much where, you know, he needs care 24 seven, but more of the, uh, okay, Trav, uh, you really need to take a shower today or, you know, mm -hmm. don't forget your deodorant, bud, because yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, just stuff like that. The, just the daily habits that, mm -hmm. you know, you or I would take for granted are the things that he needs to be reminded of every Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. Do you, do you think, I mean, I would guess just based on his personality, it sounds like he wouldn't really like to be by himself, you know, to live in an apartment by himself or whatever. He loves to have people around. It sounds like, so he really he, does. Yeah. 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 I mean, he does, he does, he does enjoy concluding himself every now and then. And just, you know, cause input for him is, is a lot. Um, like I, when he's with us on Sunday mornings, he goes to our church and our church is really loud mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a lot, a lot of flashing lights and, you know, it's, it's a show church for sure. Um, and it's, uh, he sits through it. He does really, really well. But by the time we walk out of there, he's done. He's like, okay, I need my headphones. I need my games. Leave me alone for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's where he's at. Is that something you've recognized over time that you that you noticed um, that he just needs that that time and that he can be overstimulated, or is that something that's just kind of more recently he's verbalized to you, like, listen, I need I need some time. Um, um, well, he doesn't really verbalize it as much as I can just see it. Uh huh. Um, and we actually noticed it pretty early on. Um, we used to take him to baseball games and uh, basketball games. Um, and he really, really loved being there, but all of the, the stimuli would be a lot and anything we could do to muffle that stimuli mm -hmm. would help him get through that situation or that event or that social time that we wanted to get him through to see to the end. Um, so, you know, you'd see him walking around with, uh, big headphone muffle things, you know, mm -hmm. so that when somebody scored a hockey goal and the big siren goes off, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't flip him out because I'm sure in his head, that thing is probably 20 million decibels louder than it is to anybody else. Right. Um, so yeah, anything we could do to, to muffle any of that input for him was was really beneficial um so is it more loud sounds like that or is it um obviously with your family being such a big theater family and musicals and things like that does does he do well sitting through your shows and um that kind of thing <laughs> or does he 
kind of get antsy halfway through? That's yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. It it really really depends. Um, he, to my knowledge, has not sat through one of my shows, <laughs> um, which is okay. But he loves being at my theater. Um, he's he goes there quite often and everybody loves him and you know everybody talks to him and engages with him and he's in conversations with them and um but when we start doing our rehearsals or if we're in performance or whatever he finds a corner in my dressing room somewhere and just sits and either pops on the wi-fi to watch videos or play games or whatever so i, I don't want to force him to sit down and watch but um (laughs) you know at at some point you know i mean he's 23 so at at some point he's going to need to get some culture other than what's on the screen i guess (laughs) for sure right (laughs) especially with the family you know i mean just what about your dad does he sit through your dad's shows and stuff or it's just anybody's no (laughs) if he's discriminating against you yeah right (laughs) i'm anti-dad show yeah (laughs) um (laughs) no he hasn't been through anybody's even uh his younger brother derek who is a much better actor than i am Um, oh he uh he just does fantastic work and i would love for travis to see you know even just a scene um but yeah he's just he's not about it so I was always curious, you know, since we're on that topic, if you, would you say that he has difficulty um, in social situations and, and understanding, you know, how, you know, we're sarcastic, I think by nature, right, <laughs> a right. lot of us, <laughs> maybe it was the town we grew up in, we just all are that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. jaded, jaded sarcasm. <laughs> but just like, you know, that or seeing his brother or you acting a role and you know you're a totally different person does he understand that type of thing or um does it is it confusing to him i guess you know that's a really good question i do remember there was one show where i just played this creepy psychiatric doctor and it was (laughs) it was it was nuts and i was pretty out of my element for this role and I remember I was in my dressing room getting ready. Travis was dropped off and came to my dressing room and was really taken back by how I looked in costume and with my makeup on. Um, and I just immediately said, Trav, this is just like Halloween. You know, on yeah. Halloween when you dress up and you get to be um, Indiana Jones or um, Jack Sparrow or whoever you've you've wanted to be, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. But instead of going out and asking for candy, I'm going out and asking for people to clap for me. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so. And did that did that resonate with him? Did he understand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he totally got it at that point. He was like, "Oh, okay." I said, "When when I come in here, I said I'm still your dad, um, but when I'm on stage." I've got to be this other person. So yeah. Um, yeah. He totally, he totally got it. I guess, you know, with, with my son not being verbal, I just, there's so many things I just wonder. I mean, I just wonder what they observe. I just wonder what, you know, what they're catching and what they're not. And I mean, I constantly right. find myself saying things that are, you know, just not accurate statements, but they're like, I don't, I don't know. I can't think of the word, but just, you know, saying things that, that he wouldn't understand, I guess. Um, okay. and, and I don't 
mean to do that. It's just how we speak sure. just in, you know, just off the cuff type, type stuff. And I just mm -hmm. was curious what they get. And, you know, in a, in a high school setting or whatever, when kids are saying things and making conversation and jokes, I just wondered if he understands what they're doing or if he just could care less really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. He's pretty good at verbalizing what, what he gets and mm -hmm. what he doesn't get. Um, and he's real good at the dad joke thing. So <laughs> he, well, there you go. <laughs> he, he comes by that naturally. I mean, you know, my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, he, uh, he really short of it taking him a little bit longer for him to form his words mm -hmm. so that he feels we understand. Um, he's, he's pretty good at, at uh, verbalizing how he feels and what he's getting out of something. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, now you had mentioned um, to me before that, that your wife, Aunt, does she go by Angie or Angela? Uh, it depends. Um, she's going by Angie <laughs> a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Angela. Um, okay. How old are her children? Uh, she has, let's see, she's got two daughters and a son. Um, her two daughters, uh, Eden is 23. Lila is 18, almost 19. Um, she'll be 19 in a matter of weeks here. And then um, my stepson, Alden, will be 12 in a matter of weeks also. So gosh, with her two oldest being the same ages as your middle and youngest, mm -hmm. how do um, how did they do initially with Travis and just kind of, because you guys have been married how many years now? Um, we are coming up on two years. Okay. Not, not so I mean, they were adults, I guess, when they met yeah. for the most part, um, except for the youngest. But yep. um, how did, how did they all hit it off? And did Travis, you know, with his awesome personality, I'm sure he welcomed everybody with open arms and is like, oh, great, more siblings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he absolutely did. He's, you know, he's never had, you know, a, a sister, so to For speak. Sure. Yeah. And so he now gets to say that he does. Um, and yeah, I couldn't be any more happy with the way um, the six of them have just integrated. And, yeah. Um, I couldn't be any more happy with the way Angela's kids um, have been so accepting and so engaging of Travis. Uh, there just wasn't any fear, trepidation, nothing. He just was immediately hugged and, hey, let's go. You know, what do you, you know, what do you want to do? We're family. Let's go. It was, really, it was really cool. Blended families can be hard anyway, but to throw that into it too, just yeah. for his comfort level. And, you know, I'm sure you were maybe a little uneasy, like, you know, how is, how is this going to affect his world, you know, right. his right. life. But I, I, just from what I know of, of your wife, I mean, she is phenomenal with Travis too. Yeah. Yeah. And she is. They have a good, really good bond, which, you know, yep. that's hard to find. So no, for sure. <laughs> I'm for so sure. glad for you. I think that's so great. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, throughout, you know, the, the journey that you've had so far with Travis, um, is there anything that you would, you know, I always hate to say the word advice to, to others that are, you know, they have the three-year-olds and the four-year-olds that are just kind of starting on the journey. They just got their diagnosis. Yeah. Um, and they, and there's plenty of people, um, out there 
with a child that's similar on the spectrum to Travis that's, mm-hmm. you know, Asperger's or, or close to it and, you know, not as severe as my son. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there's mm-hmm. a spectrum for a reason. Sure. So I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you're bringing a voice to yet another aspect of the spectrum so that people can, you know, at least relate to, to more and more, more and more guests on here that, yeah. you know, resonate with them and their situations. But is there anything that you would maybe tell your younger self, um, or a parent that is in that stage to, to do, to do, or to not do, or, um, I think if I were to look at myself, uh, I'd tell myself to just not be so scared. Um, I think that, uh, is what I was really feeling, you know, when I mentioned earlier that the whole male ego, there's nothing wrong with my kid thing. Uh, it was more frightful um, than anything because back then, 20 years ago, when somebody said autism, the first thing anybody thinks about is Rain Man. You know? Yes. Oh and my gosh. Yes. I, you know, I just have to, once we were guided through the process and we started seeing some things with Travis that made us not so uh, worried that his future was, you know, uh, banging the wall and, you know, the rain man stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Just, just don't be afraid because there's so much out there now there's so much more support than what we could have even dreamed of having and there's so much more knowledge and people are so much more accepting and i and when i say people i mean everybody from the kids that your autistic child is going to be with to adults um and i think that's real real important is that uh the the kids that are going to be surrounding the autistic community are understanding and and engaging and just having fun with them and just including them in in just even the daily recess lunch and whatever um, i I think if people can get over that initial shock that initial fear that initial oh my god what's going to happen now um the sooner you can get over that, the better. Um, because mine wasn't really the male ego as much as it was just uh, I was I was scared to death um, for him. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of times when you get the diagnosis, you're given a terrible prognosis for the future. Oh yeah. Um, I think the bedside manner, I pray, has gotten a lot better from you know, like you said, 20 years ago mm-hmm. when the diagnosis was a relatively new label that was Mm -hmm. put on things. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I think if people that are recently diagnosed, if their child is recently diagnosed, if they just take a deep breath and just live each day and enjoy what their child is doing and the milestones they're achieving, I -hmm. think I am guilty of it too. But I think a lot of us tried to research like crazy and find a quote unquote cure and, and find a fix. And so that we can pull them out of this. 
And by doing all of that, we're missing the moment, like the, the right. two-year-old and the four-year-old and the six-year-old and everything that they were doing because we were trying to achieve something that, you know, might've been years down the road. So yeah, yeah. just have to embrace it. Exactly. <laughs> for all of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he might be some professional gamer someday. Who knows? <laughs> right. Though, that There's would be great. There's a lot of money in that, I think. I, I, that's what I hear. <laughs> With your IT skills, I mean, gosh, you guys could come up with some massive business plan for for gaming, like those gaming um, buses that they have now you can rent for parties and stuff. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Ideas like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> gosh, well, I so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to be on the podcast. Um, I, I think it's such a great perspective to hear from a dad. We hear from a lot of moms. Sure, um, sure. But you guys are a huge part of it as well, obviously. And I mm -hmm. just would, I just appreciate it so much. No problem. I'm happy to be, have, uh, have been talking to you. That's yeah, awesome. for sure. And I can't wait to meet him when I come home next. <laughs> All right. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and we'll tune in for the next episode in two weeks. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Living the Sky Life within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select that five-star rating, provide feedback or suggestions about topics you'd like to hear about, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.